Fiat Chrysler is nothing if not attention-grabbing with its glitzy ads and an outspoken chief executive, but it hit the headlines last week for all the wrong reasons, recalling 1.4 million vehicles because of fears the company's Jeep Cherokees would be compromised by hackers, sending shockwaves through the automotive industry. I'm Murad Ahmed, European Technology Correspondent at the Financial Times. With me to discuss these events and how car manufacturers are dealing with the cybersecurity threat is Andy Sharman, the FT's motor industry correspondent. Andy, what happened? Well, the story began when Wired magazine published an article on Tuesday. Now, the writer of this piece, Andy Greenberg, took a Jeep Cherokee onto the highway in Missouri and allowed himself to be hacked by two cybersecurity researchers, Chris Valasek and Charlie Miller. Now, at first, the hackers took control of things like air conditioning, the radio, the windscreen wipers and the screen washer fluid. But then it got serious. They cut the transmission, meaning the accelerator stopped working, which you'll understand is not a great thing to happen when you're on a busy stretch of road outside St. Louis. So how did the hackers do it? Well, they spent a year developing a piece of software that could wirelessly sabotage this Jeep. And, you know, it should be remembered that they had good access to the vehicle beforehand. The key thing was that this was wireless. So these two hackers were 10 miles away sitting on a sofa and they were actually able to see on their laptop where this car was being driven at that particular time. So using a cellular connection over the Sprint network, which is the telecoms provider that connects Chrysler cars to the internet, it was able to break into the entertainment unit driven by this Uconnect software system. And they started sending messages to the CAN bus, which is the network inside the car that connects all the critical functions. Their software can actually even control the steering, but this only works below a certain speed and when the car's in reverse. So this is quite scary stuff. How did Fiat Chrysler deal with this? Well, the hackers made clear that they'd been sharing their findings with Fiat Chrysler for nine months. And... The company had already issued a software patch and announced this with a perhaps a, a low-key press release on the website. They then came under pressure from the US regulator NHTSA and we had this news break on Friday that they'd actually recalled 1.4 million vehicles, which is far larger than the hackers had initially said were vulnerable. It included a number of brands, including Ram, Dodge, the Chrysler-owned brand, as well as Jeep's. And the key thing is the recall means that affected customers will be notified about the security vulnerability and they'll get a USB drive, which they can use to update the software in their cars. And Fitcriser also undertook what it called network level security measures, which means they basically found a way of blocking any attack on Sprint's network, which apparently satisfied the hackers at least. And have there been any knock-on events? Does this affect other car makers? Well, we should probably make clear that there are no known instances of a public hacking. And this wasn't even the first sort of research hack. The two hackers in question, Miller and Valasek, had previously hacked a Toyota Prius and a Ford. A couple of other universities in the US have done similar things. What was more serious was the scale of the attack and the fact that it was carried out remotely. And the reason why it's serious for the industry is because they're all trying to incorporate increasing amounts of connectivity into their vehicles. You know, it's not just mapping and entertainment and web services, but it's critical safety features that we use as we drive these cars. Now, estimates vary, but it's assumed that the vast majority of new cars sold in developed markets will be connected to the internet by the end of the decade, whether that's 90 percent 
we're not sure, but it's going to be a significant proportion. The other thing that's interesting about this is it comes at a time when car makers are already hugely sensitive to safety matters. I mean, remember last year was double the previous record for recalls in the US. The car makers, any problem, they do a recall. And the other side of that is that the regulator, NHTSA, as I've said, is under huge pressure from Congress to adopt a harder line towards the industry. So it's fair to say that all the car makers are checking their systems right now. But as you say, there are going to be millions of these connected cars, potentially hackable cars, out there very soon, driven by people like us. So what are the companies trying to do to protect us? This wasn't seen as a huge priority, I think it's fair to say, among car makers as recently as five years ago. But now it's one of the biggest challenges they face. And so they're all increasing their efforts in this area. Many of them talk about firewalls, which can separate non-critical functions such as the radio and the infotainment services from the important stuff, the steering and the brakes that are all run on this CAN bus network. Many of them, including Daimler, the owner of Mercedes-Benz, whom I spoke to this week, they're employing white hat hackers, just like Miller and Valasek, purposely to try and hack into their systems and expose the flaws within. GM, which has been in connected cars for a long time with its OnStar platform, they've been working with the likes of Boeing and the US military to develop their anti-hacking systems. And the other good news is that we're not just relying on the car makers here. There are a number of third-party suppliers who can offer software applications that can help the car makers beef up their protections. So there's Argus, for instance, which is an Israeli company, which offers so-called operational protection, which means that it, it doesn't patrol the perimeter of the vehicle. Rather, it looks on the CAN bus to spot any kinds of suspicious behavior. Now, some analysts are saying that this means we're going to see more use of so-called over-the-air updates by car makers as well, which means that you can release a software patch that can be downloaded via a Wi-Fi connection. That's a solution, perhaps, but it's also a potential problem because opening yourself up to that kind of connectivity could allow malware into the car itself. So the big challenge is balancing these commercial pressures to incorporate more and more tech into the vehicle while making sure you always stay one step ahead of the hackers. One of the things I know from covering technology is that essentially everything with an internet connection is hackable, which means you're running this constant battle trying to defend your territory, which is pretty scary when it comes to millions of cars. Are there any car makers who are thinking maybe these connected vehicles aren't such a good thing? I'm sure it has crossed the minds of some chief executives in their darker moments, but it would be a bold step for a car maker to come out and dial back the connectivity when it is something that consumers seem to be screaming for. They do want the car to be a smartphone on wheels. Now, that's not to say that all cars have a high degree of connectivity. There are some sports car makers, for instance, who deliberately just focus on the driving experience and tend to make the connected experience more muted within the vehicle. There are also some entry-level models which, because of cost reasons, they try and limit the number of gadgets that they have in the car. So increasingly you could see people dialing back their aspirations and, and wanting less connectivity in the vehicle. The other option is perhaps that we could start seeing cars with kill switches, which in the event of an attack might just shut down all the connectivity in the car. Whether that would work, I don't know, but it's perhaps something that we might see in cars, a big red button. I would advise them not to call them kill switches, potentially. Okay, Andy, thanks very much. This life.